Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning into our podcast. I'm Sean Maloney, editor of Nutraceuticals World. Today, we're talking about branding and marketing with Shelvin Baker, who has more than 30 years of brand marketing and management experience in the nutraceuticals industry as a consultant and member of senior management. Shelvin has developed a wide range of successful corporate marketing programs that have brought measurable results for companies such as Interhealth, Richardson Labs, Kiwahako, TSI Inc., Diana Food, Life Extension, and many others, generating millions of dollars in revenue and garnering massive amounts of industry and consumer exposure. These campaigns have included a wide range of marketing elements, including brand development, advertising, PR, online, digital, and video production, podcast programming, and trade show promotion. He's also been a columnist for Nutraceuticals World for many years. You can read his healthy insights interviews with industry leaders in print and online, along with his area code 420 columns in which he talks with cannabis and CBD executives. Sheldon, thanks for taking time to talk with me. How are you? I'm great, and uh, thanks for having me. I love being here. Yeah, my pleasure. So you've had a a distinguished career so far in the nutraceuticals industry. What are the hallmarks of a successful branding strategy, and how has brand development changed since you've come into the industry? You know, my first answer, Sean, is normally uh, a big budget, a large investment by companies. Uh, uh, and I know that I might sound a little facetious there, but it, it really is, is so. Uh, you know, I think uh, I've been at this, as you mentioned, uh, for a long time uh, in the nutraceutical industry. Uh, my first foray into it was uh, branding uh, Citramax for the original or the old Interhealth. Uh, and, and, you know, I think that that was that was the first time, to my knowledge, that uh, an ingredients company spent, uh, invested so much money on, on branding a product or branding an ingredient. And uh, they understood, uh, the owners of the company understood that uh, you, know, you, had to, you had to invest a little bit to, to generate brand awareness. And they were very open to my recommendations. And one of them was because at that point in time, uh, when Citramax was introduced, I came out of the high-tech industry. And so I utilized some of those strategies, uh, those B2B marketing strategies, and said, you know, why don't we take that ingredient, which uh, Citramax was always looked at as a weight management uh, product, and promote it to the consumer a health-conscious consumer who's always concerned about taking off weight. And um, maybe, I don't know, luck being in the right place at the right time, that really took off. The consumer uh, uh, media picked up on it, and the industry heard about it. And it turned uh, InterHealth into uh, this huge company. And Citramax today, even though InterHealth has gone through several uh, 2.0, 3.0 variations, uh, Citramax products are still in the market. So uh, uh, branding has changed. I don't think uh, companies are promoting as much as they used to, or if at all, to the consumer marketplace. And uh, I really think that they need to be promoting more even within the industry. Yeah. What do you, what do you think are the, the, what's the value of promoting an ingredient brand directly to consumers? Do you see, and do you see that strategy working for, for other brands? Yeah, you know, the, what I see about it is that, you know, ultimately, you know, ultimately the consumer is going to buy a product that has a brand uh, in a formulation. And it's, it's a transparency thing. It's a trust uh, issue. And I think the more that the consumer knows about 
what's in a product. So if the brand has and should have a lot of science behind it, um, that sure. is uh, that, that's you know that's key. So why not promote that fact? Why not promote that ingredient to the consumer? So when they go into a store and say, you know, I'm looking for a product that has uh, uh, Citramax in it, or ha- that has Cognizant in it. Cognizant is a branded ingredient uh, I developed for uh, Kioa. Uh, I'm looking for a product. Uh, so it, I think it just helps sell the product, the, the retail product, more. Okay. Are there are there pitfalls that you see companies commonly falling into when it comes to brand development or, or marketing strategies? You know, as a as a consultant, I always hope that they'll call on me to brand a a product, I mean, whether it's an ingredient or, or retail product. I think a lot of companies tend to keep that close to the vest and do it in house or try and do it in house. I'm not saying all fail. Uh, by no means is that the case. But I think that sometimes companies get too close to their products and that uh, if they reach out to professional uh, marketers, professional uh, brand marketing consultants, you know, such as myself, uh, that we look at, um, we look at the whole program more objectively and we do a lot of research before we develop a name for a product or, or a finished product or an ingredient. And so there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just pulling names out of a hat and saying, oh, this sounds good, but it's, uh, you know, how, how does it really work? How does it come together? So I think that's something companies need to consider. They need to budget to have third-party development of, of a brand. I don't think it's done as much as it used to be or uh, or maybe not at all. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's good to have that, that outside perspective on things. Yes. Um, you're, are you an advocate of celebrity endorsement, and what's the, the value of that? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Thank you for asking that. Uh, you know, I've had the opportunity to uh, use celebrities twice, of course, going back a few years now. Uh, you know, we see at trade shows uh, sometimes uh, companies have uh, uh, athletes or or entertainers of some type, you know, at their booth, uh, and they always draw a big crowd. Always draws awareness for that company, for that brand or brands. Um, in in my case, uh, you know, that's part of how we launched Citramax with uh, a, a not a not a big name on the celebrity circuit back in uh, back uh, back in the day, so to speak. But it was enough to get people's attention. It was something different. It was something new. Uh, and then, I don't know, five years later, you know, like going, now going back a few years, I was able to do the same thing for uh, TSI. Uh, we worked with Linda Evans. A lot of people know Linda from the old Dynasty programs, and she was in the fitness, uh, it worked in the fitness area. There were fitness centers with her name. And, and again, it drew up a, a huge audience both within the industry as well as in the consumer marketplace, uh, learning about that happened to be a bone health ingredient. And so celebrities uh, attract prospective customers. They open media doors. So if you want to uh, reach out uh, to bloggers or to influencers or, uh, you know, the mainstream media, radio, television, print, um, they always want to interview a celebrity. Uh, who can then promote that product. So 
uh, I'm a I'm a key component, a, a key uh, key uh, endorser of it. And you know, if you look at uh, and if you look at products in general, you know, if you're a television watcher, um, look at how many uh, products, not necessarily in the supplement industry, but look how many. Uh, uh, products use celebrities. So celebrities work, and uh, I think we should see more of it. I think companies should use more. Expensive, yes. There's a lot. There's a lot. Uh, uh, there's a lot running, uh, riding on, on bringing something in like that. A lot of money, but uh, the rewards are can really be great. Yeah. Along with along with celebrities, we hear a lot about influencers too in this the age of social media. How has social media changed the calculus for brands, and what tips would you offer on that front? Uh, oh, it's it's changed it uh, big time. Uh, you know, influencers—they're uh, they're the new media, and we, we hear a lot about new media, but they're the really real uh, new media. You know, it, it, even today, you know, sometimes you know you're in that situation where somebody writes a news release and they distribute it, uh, and they get in front of you and they hope that you're going to uh, publish that release or, or write about their product or their company in some way. And uh, so influencers uh, are that in that same position. So you, know, you kind of take your product information and your product and kind of lob it out there to the influencer circuit and you hope that they're going to, going to write about it. And, uh, you know, the way we go about that is, uh, so let's give you an example. Uh, it might be a product line rather than even just one product, but it could be one product. And so we'll put together, we'll design a, a special package that includes all that, all the products and put some background literature in, in it. And uh, having done our research about who we want to contact. So say we want to reach, uh, uh, moms with kids, uh, so we'll find you know who those influencers are. We can do it regionally, we can do it nationally, and uh, and we'll send out that information. And we hope that they're going to, uh, we hope that they're going to write about it. And uh, now you're able to take that content and repurpose it and put it out on your social media platforms, be it uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, whatever you know, you, you can be able to do that. So, influencers uh, uh, are great. I love it. And you know, the other thing too about influencers, they're not doing it now during uh, during the uh, COVID uh, pandemic situation, is but there's influencer events, almost like influencer trade shows held around the country, and so you can attend those events. You can bring your product in, and uh, you, you know, you hope that you're going to convince somebody to uh, try your product. They like it and um, write about it. Yeah. Um, we hear about earned, paid, and owned media. What are the differences there? Can you parse that out for us? Uh, I can, yes. That's another great question. Uh, they're terms that are often used by marketing and PR people. I think a lot of uh, companies are not necessarily aware of it. Uh, so let me kind of go down the list. Uh, uh, own media is this first one, and that's media that's that the brand controls or the or the brand uh, owns. Uh, it's their website, um, it's a blog, it's a social media. All of those areas fall into that category. It could be uh, collateral, uh, brochures, uh, white papers. Uh, you can post things uh, in places on media that you own. So it could be your website or, again, it could be your social media platform. So, that, so that's own media. 
Uh, earned media uh, refers to coverage that uh, that you give us, Sean, that you give companies. So uh, we're, we write somebody writes a news release and they send that to you, uh, and you write about their product or you publish their news release. So uh, that's because of a company's PR efforts. So that's called earned media. We've heard that a lot through the years. And it could be uh, publish, uh, publicity not only from you, but other journalists, uh, broadcast media, uh, newspaper, television, radio, and, and breaking it out, uh, digital media outlets, uh, posts on social media, online reviews. All of those areas um, fall into the earned media category. And then the other area is paid media. And... Um, and I know I don't mean to be a I don't mean to be a shill for for the physical world, but you know that typically refers to uh, print advertising or display ads online, which of course uh, your publication offers, uh, search engine advertising, social media, uh, network ads, uh, videos. Uh, a lot of uh, media, a lot of publications are offering uh, uh, paid content where they, uh, you can pay to have a, a video on there, again, as, as you folks do. Uh, so that's considered paid media. And, you know, really today, uh, so much of the publicity uh, train out there is, is paid media. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities to get the free stuff. Uh, thank you very much, Sean. Uh, but, um, but, or the interviews that I do, you know, I, I'm always looking for good people to interview for for your publication for New Tusicals World, but overall it seems like so much of it to really get your name out there, you, you, you got to pay to put it on there, and that's okay because uh, you know everybody everybody wins that way. Yeah, sure, it's a balance for sure. Um, you mentioned video. What's what are your thoughts about or, or best practices for using video to publicize products and corporate brands? Key. Uh, I've always used video. Uh, it's gone through several genres through the years. Um, uh, you know, today, I think video is very important. You know, certainly uh, short pieces. If companies, if finished product retail products manufacturers are getting their products out onto uh, Amazon, say for example, uh, they've got it on Facebook. You need to have short video pieces. They really enhance the, the sales and exposure uh, for for a website for working with publications, uh, you know, such as yours. So video is key, um, and it can be anything from, uh, you know, short Q&A type interviews to uh, uh, talking about science or talking about overall, say, product technology. So video is, is very key and can be used in, in so many areas. Uh, as I mentioned, I, uh, you know, video, some of the video that I've put together uh, has been uh, – very much like news video, uh, being interviewed by a media person or giving that appearance of being uh, interviewed by a media person. So that's always gives something a good look and something that's not used a lot. So uh, video, yeah, video is key. Got to get it out there. Got to do it. Yeah. What, what else about, um, you know, content marketing? What advice would you give companies in terms of developing good content Especially, you know, as you mentioned during the coronavirus pandemic, um, where where trade shows and events have gone virtual, you know, we see a lot of a lot of companies and brands pivoting to that content marketing strategy. The uh, thing I like about it is that you can really repurpose it uh, in developing that content. So, you know, you can you can start a blog on your website, so you can put that article out there. 
uh, and then you can promote that and promote it in social media circles. Uh, there are a lot of publications, there are a lot of media platforms that will publish your blog. So again, you can take a link uh, from from that publication. In your case, I know you, we could, you have sponsored content, so you can take a link once something's out there, an, an editorial piece, put it out on social media. So you can re-promote it, you can rebrand it, uh, you can you can develop a story, you can turn it into a feature story, a feature article, uh, and uh, put it out in, in various platforms. Uh, there are companies, there are distribution services. Um, one in particular is called State Point Media. Uh, they're based out of New York. And uh, you can develop a piece like about 500 words, and they'll help you edit it into a new style format, and they'll send it out to uh, what are considered uh, weekly, monthly type publications, rural publications, also online. And you can get thousands and thousands of media placements uh, uh, nationwide. So that's one way to repurpose content. Uh, you can syndicate it uh, online. There's ways to do that. Uh, you can turn blogs into ebooks. I know you folks, you know, offer ebooks. Again, I'm helping you sell, Sean. But, you know, you've got your ebooks. Always uh, appreciate it. <laughs> uh, you know, you've got, uh, uh, you know, podcasts like we're doing here. Uh, there's also audio uh, pod, uh, video podcast. Uh, so, uh, you, and if you, if you go back to the influencers, you can get influencers to create new content around some content that you've developed. So uh, there, there are so many ways. It's so important to develop new uh, and interesting content that can help promote a product or help promote a company uh, or service and, and get it out there. You know, this didn't exist, you know, it seems like all that long ago, but the opportunities are there um, if you take the time and uh, a little money to invest in, uh, in putting it out there. Yeah. So, Sheldon, you've worked with and interviewed a lot of executives over the years. What do you think makes an effective leader in, in this industry? A good question. I have worked with many people, uh, both uh, both uh, as a as an employee and certainly as a consultant, which I've been for many years now. Uh, you know, I think as I look back, it would be the the senior executive who's open to new ideas, uh, who's open to ideas, who's open to hearing what you have to say and respecting uh, the experience you bring to their company. Uh, uh, you know, if you have examples of something you've done, you can share that with that person. So I think that that's key, uh, being open to new ideas. Uh, and if you, if you don't know what that might be, to ask questions, what does that entail? Uh, you know, I worked with... Um, situation and they've got a thing called uh, 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 media tours that you can work with uh, uh, production companies and you can get your client or get your company on morning talk shows on radio uh, various other things are nationwide and so I was in a situation with a company where I recommended that as a consultant and recommended that they do a, a morning media tour from Expo West this was uh, not too long ago, a few years ago. And so you've got a really great setting 
you know, let's bring in one of your expert doctors uh, who is on a staff doctor, and let's do an interview from the Expo West. We have Expo West in the background. So early one morning, uh, I think it was on the first morning, first or second morning of Expo West, before the show actually opened and you had all that ambient noise, uh, there were a series of interviews with the doctor talking about the company and talking about products. The reason we did it early because we wanted to make the shows on the East Coast. So we were... Um, we were uh, at Anaheim Convention Center at about uh, uh, 4.35 a.m. Pacific time, and uh, we wound up that morning uh, doing about 25 media interviews. So why I say that is because the company was not aware of that media strategy and that we could get the word out that way, and uh, they were open to it, and they budgeted for it. Um, you know, it can... It can cost a few dollars when you're doing that on-location shooting, but um, we did that. And plus, we were able to send product to those TV stations. So when they were talking to the doctor, they actually held up product uh, that the doctor was talking about. So uh, a company or management that's open to new ideas and then saying, yeah, let's do it, that's an ideal situation to be in. Yeah, great. Sheldon, thanks so much for sharing your insights. It's always good to talk with you. Sean, thank you very much. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, delighted to be here, and I hope I've provided uh, a little bit of information and some new ideas to uh, the decision makers out there in our industry. Absolutely. For Nutraceuticals World, I'm Sean Maloney. Thanks for listening.